In the upcoming podcast, Critical Thinkers presents the top three questions that everyone should consider when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Question number one. What are the top two concerns I have about the beliefs that the Jehovah's Witnesses, that the Watchtower has taught me? Question number two. Have I done independent scriptural research on those two topics? And question number three. Is what I've been taught the truth relative to what the Bible says about the subject? As you go through this podcast, take special notes. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Hi, this is Daniel. Hi, this is JT. The purpose of this video is to talk to you about the three core questions that you should be asking yourself and your family. Okay, JT, let's talk. The first question you asked yourself, consciously or unconsciously, was about doctrine. And the question you seem to be asking was, what are the top two concerns I have about the beliefs that the Jehovah's Witnesses, that the Watchtower has taught me? Two things that I had to sell in my own mind. I had to sell the teaching in Matthew about the faithful and discreet slave. And I had to sell in my mind the teaching about, in Proverbs, about new light and when I go back, when I went back and I looked at the book of Matthew, I said, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to read the entire book of Matthew. And I'm going to slow down and read Matthew chapter 24. And when you start reading, you start reading in context. And when you start reading in context, what you find out is it's very difficult to just pick out one simple verse and build an entire narrative on. Mm -hmm. Because when you try to do that, it doesn't fit with the rest of the verses before it or either after it. When you look at Matthew chapter 24, especially when you get along about verse three, it's a very interesting scenario that takes place. It has Jesus and the apostles in a private setting. They're just talking to the Christ. And they ask us, you know, Lord, tell us, Noah, you know, when is all this going to happen? When is this going to take place? And at that point, Jesus begins to rattle off all of these different signs and things that uh, are going to take place to let them know where, where they are in the time of the end. Okay. Now, what's interesting is, as you keep on reading through the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter, especially when you get long about around about verse 32. In verse 32, Jesus starts out with a very interesting word. He says, I'm going to give you guys an illustration. And then Jesus Christ starts rolling. He starts giving them an illustration. And he starts giving them an illustration one after another. Boom, 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 boom. And what's interesting is Matthew chapter 24 runs into verse 45, 44 and 45, which is about the faithful and discreet slave. And when you see it, you see that Jesus is actually just asking the apostles a question. He didn't give them an answer. He just gave them a scenario. I'm going to give you an illustration. You got a guy. He's in charge of the domestics at the owner's household. And he's just having a conversation. 
And then when you finish reading chapter 24 of Matthew, you clearly see that the apostles, when they got up and left, now one of those apostles said to them, say, you know, Jesus set up a whole new organizational structure based on this script. That ain't what happened. It's just not. When you read it, they get up and they say, no, Jesus gave some good illustrations of what he was talking about. And that was it. That was it. So you're saying first domino was 1914. Excuse me, was the generational. uh, The generation, what what started me was the generation, what started me was, uh, because I used to give, that was my favorite talk. The generation of 1914 collapsed. Then the sheep and the goat, how we're separating the sheep and the goat. That teaching collapsed, throwing the trash pile. Then the teaching on the alternative service, that trash. So I'll then what, what was the self-talk, JT? It, it's you know, undoubtedly. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it because you, you, you asked what's the two most important questions. Yeah. The two most important issues that a person needs to focus on is one, this teaching about the faithful and discreet slave and this teaching about new light. It's not all God, Jesus, Moses, and all this other stuff. The reason why is because those are the two most important teachings that are going to impact a Jehovah's Witness life. Hmm. Whether or not you buy into their story about being a faithful and discreet slave and whether you buy into their new light. Because those two things, they are the ones that will impact you as long as you are one of Jehovah's Witnesses. So I say, I'm, 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 I'm going to deconstruct it. I'm going to take it apart, turn it upside down, shake it, and see what falls out. And that's what I started doing with, with starting in the, in, the, in the account of Matthew chapter 24. You clearly get to see what the setting is. If you just grab one verse, and I remember when I was, I remember growing up as a kid and going out in field service, and even when I was a regular pioneer, you would hear people who were not witnesses say, I don't like y'all guys, man, because y'all guys will grab a scripture out of here and a scripture out of there, and then y'all knit it all together to try to make it into something. And, 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 it, and it went right over my head. Now, when I begin to actually deconstruct, I begin to see, you're right. We'll grab a scripture out of here, a scripture out of there. It's almost like it's almost like a rapper. He'll grab a sample here, grab a sample there, and he's ready to cut his CD. He's ready, he's ready, he's ready to release his song. But it's all little bits and pieces. And that's kind of the way it is with Jehovah's Witnesses. The organization, man, the Watchtower, right? These boys are good. And that's why we got hoodwinked and bamboozled, because they're so good. They just literally snapped a verse out of the 24th chapter and said, this scripture is teaching that God is setting up an official organization that will tell you what you can and cannot do. So I'm hearing you say that the subjects were faithful and discreet slave and new uh, new light. But the core question was, have I studied this independently? Was that the self-talk? Was that the question that provoked the behavior? Yes. In other words, the scripture in Matthew that deals with the faithful and discreet slave, I had actually never read all the surrounding scriptures and reading it in the thought of I'm going to read to see what is the context of this of this account. That's what I, I never did that. And most witnesses don't because the way the Watchtower works is they don't give you the entire chapter to read. Mm-hmm. They don't give you a whole book to read. They give you one or two verses out of here and there, and that's all you get. And they will then put it together, and then they will tell you what it's supposed to mean. But if you actually go back many times and read the surrounding verses before it and the surrounding verses afterward, you'll see that the scripture that they pick, it don't fit what they're trying to make it fit. And that's the problem I saw. And so this is something that a person really just needs. And it's very simple. You simply go back. 
and literally just read through Matthew chapter 24. And you will see that Jesus was not talking about setting up no group of guys out of the United States who are going to be telling folks all around the world what they can and can't do. It was merely an illustration. And that's why I said before, when the apostles got after talking to Jesus Christ, they did not walk away saying, you know, God going to set up this. Jesus going to set up a major organization with it. That's not what happened. And so for me personally, mm-hmm. that was where I began to see, man, they 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 ran they run they running a game almost they run the game almost. so then you mentioned the second topic though uh new light and you mentioned proverbs tell us more about that well you know they, they, they reach over in the proverbs and they put out a scripture that talks about new light once again you got to do the same thing again you got to go back read the entire chapter and what you will see in that entire chapter is there's nothing in that scripture talking about this is your excuse for when you make mistakes on teachings And that's what the society uses it for. When they make errors in their teachings, when they make errors about things that are not found in the Bible, they will then invoke this scripture about new light. Well, of course, the whole point of being a critical thinker is you got to ask questions. And so I started to ask questions and the answers, man, I I, I realized (laughs) it don't make no sense. Let me give you a perfect example. You use a concept called new light, new light from Jehovah. That's the way every witness is taught it. New light from Jehovah. Well, you got to stop and ask the question. Now, what you were teaching yesterday, you told me that was light from Jehovah. Now, today, you're saying that Jehovah gave you new light on top of the light that he gave you yesterday, but it's exactly the opposite. And so all of a sudden, you begin to see there's a problem here. This is not new light. You're just trying to fix an error that you made. Now, here's the kicker, Daniel. Here's the kicker. As a witness... We were very proud to tell people, you know, when we realize something is wrong, you know, we're willing to change. We're humble people. Well, that's a problem. You know what the problem is? For a number of reasons. We're already making the assumption that the change to what they're going to now start teaching, we make the assumption that's right. That don't mean it's right. Just because you changed what you was teaching yesterday and then you're teaching something new today does not mean that your new teaching is any more right than the one you was teaching yesterday. And so you then run into this problem. Well, how do you reconcile that you get your old life from God and then you get your new life from God? Let me double click on something or just summarize something I heard you say. Right. You talk about us assuming. Right. And we say too oftentimes in business too much assuming not enough confirming. Yes. And so we're assuming, but not confirming. And what I hear you saying is that you started to confirm, no longer assume. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, we just we just made the assumption if the society or the watchtower came out and said, this is a change, so we just assumed that the new one was correct. And we see a perfect example that with this new teaching that they got on the generation, uh, the, the generation that will not die. All they did was just simply roll it over one more generation. I was, I was, someone sent me something a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I shot a little thing back. And said, "This is so true, man. It's just really so true." And we were discussing back and forth about how the problem with the original teaching, the very first teaching on the generation of 1914, they ran into a problem because the people who were supposed to die before the not die before the system end, they had all died out. That you will you will be hard pressed to find somebody who is old enough in 1914 to remember 1914. This is 2020, so we're talking about people pushing you know over 100 years old. So you will be hard pressed to find someone. So we, they had to drop that, 
Then they adopted what's called the overlapping generation. Well, interestingly, they made the same error all over again. All they did was simply bought more time. Because with this new teaching, it basically teaches that you have two, now we have two groups of anointed. We never taught that. Two groups of anointed people. We have never taught those witnesses, but we have to teach it because that's the only way we can make this thing stand up and keep walking. The new teaching basically says the first group of anointed was around 1914. That's the group that belongs to the 1914 era. This new group, they know somebody in the first group. And before this second group dies out, the end will come. Well, you know what that's gonna happen? Down the road, they're gonna say, we're gonna have a third group. And this is the group who knew somebody who knew somebody who was around in 1914. That's all they're gonna be doing. And so as a critical thinker, you begin to see, this thing ain't got no legs to stand on. Uh, so, but JT, so the critical thinking, and I love your critical thinking, but as Lady C has said to us off camera, sometimes it's not the thinking, the facts, the doctrine, it's the feelings, the emotions. So what do you say to one of our viewers and what did you say to your own heart and your own mom and your own wife and your own family? You had the facts and the critical thinking. Many of our viewers may have that, but what about the emotions? What about the feelings? What about the love? Well, that, that's very true. Um, after you take in this information, I think everybody who's ever done this, they will go through these emotions. Um, I mean, it hurts. It really hurts because this is something you've built your life around. You've told other people to build their lives around. And now you find out that what you thought was the truth turned out not to be the truth. And so it's very, very difficult. Then the kicker is you can't really tell anybody. I was fortunate. I was able to talk to my wife and, and we was able to talk to our in-laws and so forth. And, and, and they recognize <laughs> you got a point there. But for so many people, man, they can't tell anybody. And so it's very, very painful. Uh, people I've known, you know, for 30 some years, you know, they look at you as if you're, you know, you, 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 you sinned against God. And so this whole concept of making people feel bad. That's what this organization does if you start to question them. And so uh, this, as you mentioned about the love, you, you quickly see that that love is basically only conditional. I mean, we had people who would call us up, y'all you know, need to get back to the kingdom hall, y'all gonna be destroyed at Armageddon. And I'm like, that's no way to get somebody back. If I gotta come back with saying something like that, I'm not coming back. And so, you know, and so this is what you get. And this is the way this organization works, unfortunately. JT, in all fairness, I mean, I love what you're saying. You had your wife, you had your in-laws, and you're a critical thinker, and you're a male. What do you say to our viewers that may have come across some key topics, may have done some scriptural research, may have some aha moments like you did, but emotionally there's blockage. Any recommendations based on your experience on how folks can balance that critical thinking with critical emotions? Um, it's tough. I mean, I'll be very honest. With you. It is very, very tough. Uh, we left over 20 years ago. And when we talk to people who reach that point where they get, as you say, that aha moment, they go through the same emotional roller coaster. And it becomes, um, it becomes more exacerbated 
when their family doesn't come along with them. Because see, then they start losing all of their only acquaintances, only family, only friends. And so it's very, very difficult. Uh, some people, they, they, they try to, to gloss over it. They want to go back. Uh, it's like they want to unring the bell. But I'm going to tell you, Daniel, once you ring the, once the bell is rung, that the teachings are starting to fall apart, it, you, you, can't, you can't re-put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And that's kind of where the organization is at. And this is why they don't want you questioning anything, because once you start down that path, can't come back. I mean, it, it, more, more and more scales just fall off your eyes, and it just makes it very, very difficult. So I know I'm kind of asking the same question, slightly different, so show mm-hmm. me grace here. But what do you do, JT, when you have a person that knows the teachings are wrong, but the love is right? And so they're staying for the love, not for the teaching. Uh, what critical thinking questions or evaluating could they or should they be doing? Yeah, uh, uh, there are a number of people that we, we talk to who they stay because they have family. Uh, this is their social structure that they want to, uh, to remain a part of. But, but to be honest with you, Daniel, that's where some very, very serious soul searching comes in at. I mean, you have really got to ask yourself, do I want to live this way? Because what basically ends up happening is you end up trying to live for other people. You're living for other people. And to me, that's what the whole point is. You want to be able to enjoy your life. And so at this point, you are literally living for other people, making sure that they accept you so you will live your life in a way that is acceptable to them, even though you know it's not the truth. And that's really what, the, as I said, that's where the soul is searching. And it varies from person to person. I mean, there are some people that go two weeks, like, I can't do this. And there are others that we personally know. They will, they will, they have continued for years on. And the only, the only uh, thing that we notice is that for those who extend how long they're going to continue to uh, live this life for other people, their mom, their dad, their brothers, their sisters, this is just an observation we have made because we talk to those people after they leave as well. And for many, for so many of them, they say, you know, I wish I'd get out. I wish I got out two years ago. I could be two years further along in my life right now. Because one thing is for sure, the longer you stay in, the further behind you're getting. Mm. The Watchtower took away from us something that other churches don't take away from their members per se. In other religions, you can complain they're taking people's money, okay? But if you know how to make money, you can regain. That's why people become millionaires. They lose it all. They come back, they're millionaires again. Because you can make that back. What the Watchtower takes from us, we can never get back. They take the most important and the most valuable thing that we as humans have, and it's time. We cannot get the time back. When you pass 27, now you're 37, nothing you do will take you back to 27. So the longer you extend your stay in Wally World, um, the more you're going to lose in terms of time. And that's probably been one of the biggest things we have found in talking to people who they just decide, I'm I'm, 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 going to keep doing this just just so I can keep this relationship. When they finally leave, they're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I wasted all that time with these people. Mm. Um, Our parents, we love them. Our family, we love them. But it does come a point where we're going to have to decide. um, Like, I, I lost all of my friends. And when I left the organization, because all my friends were elders, Bethlehem, lost everybody. All the male friends I had in this organization, lost, gone, nothing to do with me. 
So I literally had to rebuild a whole new clientele of friends. So, you know, I thought, well, but you can do it. And, and, and when you do it, it's, it's worth it. There's no question about it. But, so then, JT, one of the things that sounds like you can't get back, we can't get back, our viewers can't get back is time. Yeah. Well, what about love? It seems to me you can't get the time back, but you can't get the love back. Uh, the love that you gave, the love that you received, family and friends. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that from the heart? Well, I, I look at it this way. I, I heard an illustration once. I thought it was real good. Uh, it was, it was, the illustration was based on being in a theater. And basically the question was being asked, where do you put people in your life? You can put people in the front row of your life. You can put them middle away the auditorium in your life. You can put them on the back row of your life. And for some people, you put them out in the parking lot. And that's what you have to determine. Because if you put the wrong people in the wrong place in your life, it's going to burn you down. It's going to grind you down. And unfortunately, sometimes people who are family or friends, sometimes we may have to put them a little further back. Because what happens is it begins to take its toll on you. We begin to grieve for people who literally, they don't even think about us. And that's what we see all the time. People, uh, they, they grieve. You know, the, the pain of losing their family is great, but they're not doing that. In fact, they're getting reinforcement from those in the organization. Hang in there, sister. Don't worry about it. Hang in there. And then you hear people who tell you, um, my mom says that she has a new spiritual son, a new spiritual daughter, because you're dead in their eyes. And so, and it's nothing against them. It's just they've been misled. And until they come to that realization, we must continue to live our lives. Because if not, then we're just wasting our time. So, JT, let me summarize what I think I've heard you say. The first question you asked yourself, consciously or unconsciously, was about doctrine. And the question you seemed to be asking was, what are the top two concerns I have about the beliefs that the Jehovah's Witnesses, that the Watchtower has taught me? The second question it seems that you've asked is, have I done independent scriptural research on those two topics? And then the third question, and maybe the key question is, is what I've been taught the truth relative to what the Bible says about the subject? JT, you also seem to be saying that there's too much scriptural jumping. Too often times, the Watchtower takes one scripture, jumps to another book, and kind of, as you said, like a rapper, samples it and puts it all together. The reality is this, that when you take the text out of the context, you ain't left with nothing but a con. I'd like to say that again because that's a principle you're teaching me and I've been taught. When you take the text, the T-E-X-T, out of the context, you're left nothing with nothing but a con. And that's what you feel like has happened to you, Lady C, and many Jehovah's Witnesses. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah. In fact, that's the way people feel. And that's where the emotion comes in at. Because there's not a person who wants to be conned. There's not a person who wants to be gypped. And when it's someone that you have this great love for, because the average Joe loves the friends, love the organization. But to find out that they've been getting over on you like a fat rat, man, that, that hurts. 
that that really hurts. And um, that's where you have to just sit back and, and you have to do it with an open mind. I mean, you, that's the only way to do it. If you don't do it with an open mind, you're not going to get it. And I've seen people, they start digging and they start seeing stuff coming up and they get afraid. I don't want to go any further. And, and they stop. But for, for us, my wife and I and, and, and the people that we know, they was like, tell me, tell, tell me the truth. Let me, let me dig in this thing and find the truth. Don't try to protect me. Let me know the real deal. And so when you start doing your research, you're going to find the real deal. All right. You're going to definitely find it. No question about it. So, JT, you said you got to have an open mind. I'd also say you got to have an open heart. In fact, oftentimes in business, we say the heart is the mind. Because if the, if the heart isn't open, the emotions, then the logic doesn't flow. You need an open heart to drive an open mind. JT, why don't you close us out with some, some feelings from the heart and from the mind to our viewers on this subject? Yeah, I just want to I, I want to say this, especially to uh, those who are who are actually Jehovah's Witnesses still. You're going to the meetings. Um, the fact that you're here on this channel, it says that you understand that there is something that you need to look into. So while the Watchtower will tell people that study is not hard because they do all the research for you. What you really want to do is to do your own research. Please, please dig for yourself because your life depends on it. Don't take my word. Do your homework. As Jehovah's Witnesses, the society did the homework for us. And then they gave us what they wanted us to have. Instead, dig for yourself and find it for yourself. And then you will know exactly when you hit it, you'll know it because it cannot be hidden. Uh, Something that has no foundation cannot be questioned. The reason why is because questions will start to take it apart brick by brick. JT, that's great coaching and great comments from your mind and from your heart to our viewers. And I think for many of our viewers, and including me, even though I was only an unbaptized publisher, I just couldn't believe what looked so right could turn out to be so wrong. An open heart, an open mind. This is Daniel. And this is JT. And we'll see you on the next video. What did you think of that video? We trust that you enjoyed it. We invite you to share this video with your family and friends to help them to understand the inconsistencies of the Jehovah's Witnesses. In fact, if you have not already done so, we invite you to subscribe to our channel. And not only that, be sure to hit that little bell so that you can get notifications when we upload new content. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we look forward to having you in our audience in future videos. We thank you so much for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.